1: What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Berry. And well, I guess no one new has entered the transfer portal. From, well, I think Ben Ackerley, one of the walk-ons, entered the transfer portal that came out um, since we last recorded, of course, from men's basketball. Um, Kirk Crease and Adama Ball still in the transfer portal. Crease has been taking some visits. I saw to Nebraska, so that's cool. But Brett, yeah, it's basketball off-season, spring sports
2: time. It is, uh, and. You know, I've been, I think I and most sports fans have been distracted by Major League Baseball coming back, but that's yeah. not what we're talking about today. We're recording an uh, opening is, day. Good times. But it, I did, I did, I do think I saw, uh, was it on a desert, AZ Desert Swarm that five uh, Arizona, former Arizona players made the opening day roster? So that's a nice thing. Yeah, and of course, AZ, for AZ for Desert
1: Swarm. Day. That's a nice plug for our guest. We're to talk to Brian Peterson later. He's a guy who's covered Arizona basketball in the NCAA tournament, Arizona men's basketball, covers football, covers baseball. So we want to get his take on all of that, and we'll do that a little bit later in the show. But, yeah, like portal-wise, there's been a lot of movement for both the men and the women. We talked about that some last week and just kind of what it means. And they haven't really added anyone. Of course, the women, though, they have some people. Maya Najee, now she's returned. Helena Pueyo. Announced that she's coming back for another season, which I think Adia Barnes, so that's her biggest like commitment of the offseason is getting playo back, which, yes, that's huge. So it's kind of you almost get the feeling and could be wrong, right? Because it's, you know, some of these players, you like to think that they were like, hey, hopefully they would have stuck around. But I imagine neither Adia Barnes nor Tommy Lloyd are super shocked or are going to be super surprised by the players who do end up leaving. Because it's not like you'd be like, oh, that person was going to be a starter. They were going to get all the minutes, all the push, all the shots and all that, and they're still leaving. Uh, it could be NIL related, but at the same time, I don't imagine either of them either are terribly surprised when someone's saying, I'm entering the portal. You know, I'm looking to play elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I th- I think for uh, to a man or woman that has entered the portal, I I would be shocked if either coach was shocked, right? Yeah. Usually, usually there's a sense of these things and, you know, there's – open and honest conversations as, as at the exit meetings. And I think that's maybe what uh, helped drive Kurt Carissa to, to his decision, um, you know, on the men's side and some of the, you know, maybe there's different reasons on the women's side, but uh, Pueyo coming back, I do think is a huge thing. Ben Very like, huge. But like Arizona could have played, you know, people like Maya Najee uh, more minutes this year, but you know, they went with some of the, like, you know, what are you going to, you going to bench Kate Reese? Probably not. Right, yeah. and th- and there's plenty of talent coming in in the next recruiting class, and uh, you know, I I I don't, I mean, Adia Barnes has proven her ability to not just fill a roster, but overfill a roster with talent,
1: <laughs> which and, might be why we're seeing some of the players yeah. transfer, why a Maddie Connor leaves, or Lauren Fields, yeah. you know, or Lauren Ware, why they're because like they see the writing on the wall that the minutes and the touches, the shots aren't necessarily going to be there next season
2: yeah and and you know it's still you know we're uh, you know next year will be year three for tommy lloyd but you know this time last year people were panicking of what was left on the roster uh, for tommy lloyd this year right so it's, i'm not even
1: sure people knew that coloco was leaving or that Dale. we all knew ben matherin was leaving but the other two who ended up going pro that was not a guarantee at this time a year ago
2: no and then arizona had got you know for as bad as that ended against Princeton, they still were a two seed. They had you know big wins over a lot of teams, right? And that was with uh, a roster that was essentially last year's roster with three NBA guys removed. Uh, and 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 people are still, you know they're they're that they, they had a lot of success this year in the regular season, and maybe that led to some narrative question uh, in terms of losing in the first round. But you know, I I guess I I'm still I what I'm trying to say is to all the Arizona fans that. Uh, are notorious for their ability to stay calm uh through through things um you know maintain that level of calm because we don't know what the roster is going to be it doesn't matter if it's filled out in the next week you know a lot of guys are going to enter the portal we'll know more you know 6 weeks from now
1: <laughs> yeah well and i and we talked a little bit about last week too where you kind of i feel slightly better about Arizona going into the portal season you know, let's talk about the men here, the, going into the portal season this year. idea, Barnes has proven herself. She's pulled talent out of the portal, no problem. But with the amount of starting spots that could be available, like this is going to be interesting to ta- see this offseason play out because it, NIL is going to be NIL, right? If there are certain players, you can get more money, seemingly more money elsewhere. There's nothing Arizona can do about that system or fit-wise, right? But there should be opportunity where you would think, and we would think that people would want to come play for Tommy Lloyd in that system. It's going to get you points. You're going to win a lot of games. It's going to be fun. So you'd like to think that they're going to bring in some good players. Maybe not the top, top transfers, because those are going to make bank. You know, I'm sure Arizona has good NIL situation. The Arizona assist program and everything else. They have a good NIL, but they're not giving like what Nigel Pack from Miami, what he got. I think what the rumor was wasn't like 400,000 or something like that. Like, Jesus, I'm not paying anyone that to play a season of basketball at Arizona. But if the system, if it is what we think it is, Arizona is going to bring in some high-quality transfers, not you probably better than what they got last season because they have more spots available. They have more here. Take those minutes at the two. Take those minutes at the three. And maybe take those minutes at the four, which wasn't a thing last year for them, right? They had a spot open. You know, I guess Umar Bala wasn't guaranteed to be the center, but they basically had, like, one or two, because was supposed to be starting, three. So you had the two-guard spot. That was it. So it's going to be different, but it should be better. We've seen the number... They so just keep going to the portal every day. It's like, oh, that guy would be good. That guy would be good. Oh, I'd like to have him in Arizona. Like, that's going to keep happening for a while. And Arizona's probably going to get a few of those guys.
2: Yeah, I I think right now the uh, safest starting spots I see locked up on Arizona's roster, and now this could be famous last words, is Umar Bala with the five, and Kyle uh, Boswell at the Kyle one. Kyle the one. That's <laughs> <And> it. <laughs> that's, you know, I think Tabellis is 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 going to at least explore his options. Um, and everything else is wide open and you're probably not over recruiting or uh, recruiting over either of those guys. Um, and nor really should you, uh, especially with like, you know, at the five spot, Henry Vassar, you're hoping makes a big leap, right? Um, hopefully he's the guy that actually would leapfrog Balo in a, in an ideal world. And that just yeah. means you have an incredible amount of talent at the five spot. But, you know, other than that, uh, and even then you have some key guys that are going to gonna need to get some minutes and Pella Larson, maybe did Tommy Lloyd a favor by, uh, proving that he is a better guy off the bench than as a starter because that means starters minutes are still available even at one of those wings right
1: yeah for sure so it's it's never fun watching players leave even if they're not necessarily key guys it's like wow why Arizona keeps losing guys but once they start adding you know when you see that oh they this guy visited took an official visit or whatever oh Arizona's contacted this player oh Arizona this guy's transferring to Arizona then it starts to feel better and Arizona it's like it's like football too right when players are entering the portal it's like oh no and it's like, oh well, they can get players from the portal too. The portal swings both ways. So you know, if you're Arizona basketball, Arizona, I mean men and women, like these are two high level programs where you'd like to think that high level talent will want to come there. Now it has to be the right situation, you know, nil, fit, roll, all that stuff. But Arizona's not going to be left like empty handed come portal like when the portal season ends Arizona's going to have brought in some good players you know and we'll have a better chance to see what this roster looks like because it's going to be altogether different we talked about that last week Brett it's going to be very very different doesn't mean it's going to be worse you know could yeah. possibly even be better
2: I mean Azulas Tabellus was uh you know all pack 12 talent all-american but you know in some way you know it was was he a uh was he all pack 12 defensively nope <laughs> <laughs> like, just, you know, he's he's I mean, a was that one sequence where i but yeah no no he's he's basically uh the, you know you know i i give a i talk a lot of smack to asu fans of how james harden is half of a great basketball player and that's kind of azulus to is just at a different position right like and then you can
1: win the, with those guys if they're oh, surrounded totally. just like you could win with a kirk creesa and his inconsistencies if you have Ben Matherin alongside him. If you have Dalen Terry, if you have Christian Coloco defensively to make up for some of these shortcomings, they're fine. But you can't have yeah. a team full of guys who don't play defense or a team of guys who can't shoot, right? Like, you have to have a mix. And Arizona, two years ago, had a really good mix, incidentally. Last season, not as much.
2: Yeah, even, even if Christian Coloco had been on the roster this year or or Dalen Terry. Yeah,
1: one from, of them, but or, at both of them, they're a the number one seed and possibly the best team in the country. Yeah who it, doesn't play much defense, with Kirk Kersa being Kirk Kersa.
2: Yeah, I I would feel really good about that roster, but that's just that's <laughs> not the world we lived in, right? Um, no, and, no. And it's the it's the way of things now. And you're going to have to to reload. You're still going to have a foundation of good talent there. Like Pell Larson is almost assuredly coming back. Marbalo is coming back. Um, Boswell, you know, it yeah. seems like inevitably.
1: are like he should be coming back. You know, yeah, Dylan Anderson comes back, and I mean, there's there's talent on the roster. Philip. You know, Philippe. Like, Philly B. Philly B. Like there's, and there's a lot of unknowns still. I mean, because Colin Boswell's never been the starting point guard, right? v never had the key role. He didn't earn it. This He was a freshman, a young kid. You know, same with Dylan Anderson. Philly B. You can see him on the floor. Like, he's got size. The guy's not afraid to shoot. He's a good shooter. Like, what can these guys be with a full offseason with Arizona, you know, practicing in the strength program and doing everything they do coming in next year? Like, that freshman to sophomore jump. We saw the jump from guys you know, going into Tommy White's system in year one, we saw what Ben Matherin did from that year to the next year. Right? We saw Christian yeah. Coloco from year one to year two. Then he had from two to three, what that jump was. You know, Dale and Terry as well. And, of course, it was Tubelis, how much better he was his past season than he was the year before. So guys improving. It's been a while since Arizona's really had to rely on players improving. You know, they used to get all those one-and-done type talents, but that's usually what happens. Guys get better the longer they're in a program. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the player, you thought, uh, he he looks like a nice player as a freshman like whoa this guy's averaging 13 points a game and you know playing really good basketball like that happens it does for a lot of other programs and it can happen for Arizona and you know what I bet it will
2: yeah and like if Henry Vesar makes an Umar Balo type leap I think he's a better player than our Umar Balo was at his year two right yeah I think he has he's he's a little bit longer he's got you know uh, he's a little bit leaner. Uh, well, his
1: potential is off the charts. If he could just get his confidence to just he, refine his game. Yeah. And, he has yeah. an ability
2: to hit outside shots. Allegedly. We didn't necessarily see a that better shot blocker. Yeah. And it's so like, yeah, his upside is higher than Umar Ballo's. And if he makes that, if, but he's, if the slope of his line to that potential is on the Umar Ballo path, then great. He's the the, the closest thing to an NBA talent on the last season's roster. Right. And yeah. maybe on next season's roster. And then, I'm really curious to see KJ Lewis when he gets on campus. Cause all indications are he's like a, uh, that dog mentality and a defense first guy more than anything, which, you know, this, this year's roster could have used uh, another uh, wing defender. That's for, that's for damn sure. So I'm curious to see what he looks like. And he's somebody that, uh, you know, could be a difference maker.
1: Certainly. So like we're recording on March 30th, the final four is coming up this weekend. The Arizona basketball teams, as they look today, coming off disappointing first weekend exits, players that they've lost, I would bet that when they take the court again, you know what, seven months from now, give or take usually the season starts late October, early November, when they take the court seven months from now, those teams are going to look a lot different, and we're going to feel pretty good about the rosters they've assembled. That's just my guess.
2: Really hot take that Arizona yeah, will be able old to fill, one, a yeah. roster, fill a roster <laughs> with talent that makes us optimistic with what Tommy Lloyd's system can do.
1: For <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. But, Brett, let's take a break and we come back. Mentioned it earlier and talked to Brian Peterson from AZ Desert Swarm, who's covered Arizona men's basketball, covers Arizona baseball, been out at camp covering Arizona football. So there's a lot going on and he's the guy we want to talk to about it. We're back, and we are joined by Brian Peterson, the managing editor of AZ Desert Swarm. Part of the reason we're talking to you, Brian, is because you were there for Arizona Men's Basketball Tournament run that lasted all of 40 minutes. You've been covering Arizona <laughs> baseball. You've been covering Arizona football at training camp. So you seem like a great guy to talk to right about now. So, Brian, welcome back to Wildcat Radio 2.0. Thank
0: you for having me, and I apologize for missing out on the birthday celebration the other day in Phoenix. I was uh, spending my Saturday afternoon getting some of Scott's got sales finest road debris
1: out of my tire <laughs> there you go. it was brett berry's birthday this past week that's okay we forgive you this'll make up for it i guess i mean maybe just get this out of the way we can go from like the oldest stuff to the newest stuff because we're gonna focus mostly <laughs> on baseball and football but the vibe like after the arizona lost to princeton they were in the locker room talking about oh you know maybe we didn't want it as much or you know kind of like the attitude the energy just wasn't quite there and watching the game and i wrote about this crazy desert Tournament, so like you could tell that was the case, but did you have any expectation like is that did that surprise you that, that was the case leading up to that game and just the vibe surrounding that team going into that game?
0: No, because I mean it happened so many times during the season, but it, it was like one of those, well, okay, well we'll just we'll do better next time because there is a next time. Now there wasn't a next time and you would have hoped that it that they would have realized that and I'm sure they did, but they allowed some of those bad habits to get back into their their minds which essentially was we don't really have to put in the full effort to beat certain teams because we're better than them uh so let's not overdo it and then next thing you know they're losing to it team they should be
1: yeah it was i mean again we don't need to spend a ton of time on this brent i we talked about it last week and you know arizona they lost and it's going to be an interesting off-season for this program. I've already seen a couple of players enter the portal and there's talk about maybe as it to deciding to enter the NBA draft or go pro or whatever. So I guess last on basketball, I think before we pivot here and Brett, you'll get a chance to talk to Brian too. Don't worry. But last <laughs> chance before we pivot here, I mean, how big is this off season? Do you think for Tommy Lloyd?
0: Oh, no, it's, it's very big because it's, it's the first real, Hmm. Are we sure this is the right guy? Kind of, uh, results. Losing to Houston in the Sweet 16 last year, sure, it was a 5 over a 1, but we all agree that Houston was far under and But just the fact that the team did as well as it did in his first year ever as a head coach, taking on a roster that had some promise and had some, certainly had some great players because there's three guys that, that made it to the NBA, but there was so much uncertainty that you couldn't really get too disappointed with that result. This one is a lot different, and so now it's it – was this just you got caught on a bad day, or is this a sign that maybe things aren't as good? So when you combine that with the inevitable roster turnover that comes from college basketball now, and Arizona has to replace all three starting guards. Uh, they have Kylan Boswell and Tella Larson on the roster, but they need to add at those positions. Uh, they're also adding – K.J. Lewis, the four-star combo guard that they signed. But they really need to beef that up and get some depth. I think as much as Tommy Lloyd said over and over again about how he felt he could do it with seven players and that a lot of teams are doing that, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to. And um, I feel like he, he, he did it because he felt that that was the best for that team, which I'm sure it was based on the development levels of some of those freshmen but don't go into a season hoping to only use seven. I think they wanted to use eight this year with the Dama ball, and that just didn't work out. But they need to add guys not so much just to be starters, but to provide the depth and all that. And then if and when Azulis either turns pro or whatever, that's going to also impact stuff because the, uh, while you'll have Umar Balo back, will either Henry Visar or Dylan Anderson be a strong enough option to be a starter at the four? if azules leaves if not who do you bring in you know it's going to be where we're closely watching every portal movement uh olivier camois from tennessee went in today that would be a very intriguing one he's a euro and he's a uh athletic big man you have graham ek at wyoming who is in the portal that would be another one that would be interesting for that but who knows the next two three months will be very interesting yes yeah.
2: yeah brian i'd really love to um kind of get your perspective on what you were saying of year one versus year two of Tommy Lloyd. Dang it, Brett. Uh, that was supposed I, to be it for basketball. What are you doing? Oh, well, I just, no, I really, no, we're good. I'm re- i really curious to hear his perspective on this. Cause like, I almost wonder if Tommy Lloyd and Arizona were a victim of their own regular season success to be a two seed and the expectations that come with that by performing so well in the regular season, when there may not be one NBA guy on this roster, right? Like, is that, a, is that, yeah, a, is that yeah. an unfair framing?
0: No, no, there there was definitely a little bit of that, and I mean, going 11-0 and in non-conference and having very big wins over Tennessee, Indiana, and a pair of teams that made the Elite Eight in San Diego State and Critton, with one in the Final Four, showed that they, they were able to beat good teams, and whether they got those teams on their best nights doesn't matter. I mean, it was a one-game thing kind of stuff, but then combined with having so many stinkers against teams that they should have beaten made it very uneven. Um, maybe they shouldn't have been a two, but based on their, their overall resume, when you look at the wins over the losses, it, it kind of warranted it. I mean, college basketball was so weird this year and the final four is showing it that it, it, there really wasn't like six or eight good, really good teams. And then everyone else, I mean, all the twos were out by the elite eight and all the ones were out by the sweet 16. So, I mean, it, it, it was weird in that, but yeah, there, there's a little of that, um, But I think kind of like, I mean, Rich Rod had almost the same scenario with um, the year in 2014 when they kind of lucked their way into the South Division title for football, getting uh, some lucky bounces of their own and some lucky results elsewhere, being 10-2, going to the Pac-12 title game, then getting crushed, then getting outplayed by a, a, a good Boise State team, and then the expectation of, well, this is how it should always be when that's not a realistic expectation to Arizona, no matter what coaches or fans will say. And then two years, three years later, he's done because, oh, well, you can't replicate that success. So um, not that Arizona basketball is, is should be compared the same way as that. I do think that what Arizona did in the first year under Tommy Lloyd and then what they did throughout most of the regular season on the, the better side has made it so that people can't handle – any sort of setback and next year in the non conference their second game of the season is at duke and i mean every all all sides point for, to them to losing to that people are going to unrealistically overreact to arizona being one and one on the season
1: <laughs> what especially what <laughs> if they go what if they go 2 and 0 oh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they win yeah, that then, game that actually <laughs> might be worse for um the expectation thing i mean it i've i've wondered at some point And I think I've discussed this with you, Adam, on Slack, which would fans rather have a team that, you know, beats all the team or, you know, beats all the really good teams, but struggles against some of the teams they should beat and then has this first round exit, or is a team that beats everyone they should, but can't beat anybody really good and goes out in the first round. Like which one is better? I'm sure people go neither, but you know, you have a lot of those teams that go 21-12 and 12 during the regular season and didn't beat anybody of any substance, and then they, they go out in a 7-10 or an 8-9 game. How is that, uh, you know, is that what you would prefer rather than, than having some losses to teams you should beat?
1: So it's not so much the letdown, I guess, at that point, right? If you're the 7th seed or an eight seed and you lose in the first round, you're like, okay, whatever. When you're a 1 or a 2 or a 3, it's like your expectations are slightly different because you've proven that you can win enough games, right? I mean, neither are cool. good. Losing cool. in the first round is never fun, but no. No. I know for Arizona, but, like
0: Loodle yeah, he did it three out of four years in the mid '90s, including back to back to a 14 and a 15, and they wanted to run him out of town, and then he makes a final four, and then it happens again the year after that, and two years later they win a national title. It's it's very cyclical, and and all that. I mean, gosh, uh Tony Bennett has won a national title, but he's also been bounced in the first round a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Before Scott Drew won the title at Baylor, he was getting bounced a bunch. It happens. It's a one-game elimination tournament, and weird things happen.
1: The best team rarely wins. So maybe, Brian, we could, now we can pivot. Brett, are we good? All right. <laughs> I mean, we could,
2: we could go on for a while, but let's pivot.
1: All right. Let, let's talk some baseball. And, you know, Brian, I've seen you active on Twitter, kind of talking, you know, doing a lot about Arizona baseball. And admittedly, a lot of people don't really pay attention to Arizona baseball until it's late in the season, when they're in the postseason, or when they get swept by ASU. And it's <laughs> and it's the latter one here that has a lot of people looking at the Wildcats and Chip Hale's second season. You know, they're fourteen and nine. They're ten and two at home, one and six away, including that three-game sweep in Tempe that I know you attended. That's you know, you were, that's mm-hmm. why you were in town last weekend. But um, are things as bad as they seem, or is it just kind of like? It's a long season. It's the early part of it. You know, everyone kind of step off the ledge a little bit. Like, what's your, what's your take on Arizona baseball right now?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very long season. It's they're 23 games into a 53-game regular season, plus the Pac-12 tournament and then hopefully the NCAA tournament. Uh, they started the year 3-1 and one that included a very good win over the preseason number two in Tennessee. Then they came home and lost their first two to a West Virginia team that turns out to be pretty good. They're ranked now. Then they won nine in a row. Then they, including sweeping Cal to open Pac-12 play. Then they go on the road for two straight Pac-12 series and get swept at UCLA and at ASU with, with a a home uh, non-conference in between it. So it's been up and down and streaky and things like that, but the team they're playing this weekend, Oregon started the season with four wins in a row, then lost three in a row, then won four in a row, then lost five in a row. And now is one six in a row. It's that's, I mean that's baseball. It's it's a like, I mean it like at the pro level, the best teams if they win 60% of their games, that's an, incredible, and you know you want better than that at the college level for for the top teams. But the losses are going to happen. It's the fact that they happened in a row, and to ASU is what is I'm sure leading to most of the overreaction, and a lot of it I've seen like two factions. Hale doesn't care about the team. It doesn't really care about this or is treating it like a part-time job. And then the other's going, oh, no, he really cares about it, but he can't recruit to save his life. <laughs> and I really think, like, both of them are ridiculous. Um, the, the recruiting side, um, there's so many people that really don't understand how college baseball recruiting works in that you um, a lot of these kids rec- uh, commit when they're high school freshmen and sophomores. So those are like the class of 25 and 26. I mean, Arizona has eight combined commitments for those classes, and I mean, there are like they can't even do like like official visits with those or in-person contacts. That's that's like through coaches and 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 all that. The way it, way it works, the uh, the class they signed this past November, which is the 2023 class, won't play for the team until february of 2024 it's, it's very weird how college baseball works and that's the first class that they were even able to get close to trying to evaluate early but they still didn't get to start seeing them until their junior year of high school where a lot of them have already committed so they're going with best available or late bloomers or things like that the class they sign next november i think is the first one that you can really grade them on but again you can't grade recruiting classes in college baseball off of what they've done in the first 20 games of that season because it's the combination development. The the, the best players you're going to recruit out of high school probably end up getting drafted anyway. And then beyond that, you either have to hope that they don't sign if, if they get drafted or they're guys that, that don't get drafted and that means they need some time to develop. And so Arizona's using a couple of the freshmen from this class but it's it's they're, they're still a veteran team, and and I can understand why it gets people frustrated that they're they're not winning every single game. But uh, Tennessee, who was the number one overall seed last year, I think they went into the postseason something like 53 and seven and didn't make the World Series. So because it's double elimination when you get into the postseason, and they ended up losing two out of three in the Super Regionals. It's it's kind of what happens. That uh, whereas Arizona ended up going 39 and 26 and making the regional final, like they both essentially had the same kind of results for their season, but with vastly different records.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for adding that context that I'm sure will make all Arizona fans truly understand the complexity <laughs> of college baseball recruiting. And you didn't even go into the fact that it's almost always partial scholarships and, and never a full ride. Yeah, yeah. Eleven
0: point seven scholarships for baseball. <laughs> it is not a head count sport like football or like men's and women's basketball and a couple other sports where every single person who gets a scholarship is a full ride. There are almost no full scholarships given out in baseball. Like you may, you can go down to, I think, as low as a quarter of a scholarship, and they're trying to get it to make it even lower than that (laughs) and spread it over 20-something guys. But yeah, no, these, most of these kids are paying for most of their way to go there. And that's like even the best one. That's why it's often difficult to get a kid to still, Stick to his signing for college when a pro team is saying, hey, we'll give you a couple hundred thousand dollars to sign with us, even though it may be six to eight years before you get into the major leagues, you can do that, or you can go to college, pay your way mostly, and hope to raise your stock later on. It's, it's a big negotiation that goes on between all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, Chase Davis, Arizona's best player, Possibly, probably going to be a first-round pick this year. I'd be very surprised if he gets even three-quarters of a scholarship with just the way all that works. it's It's got to be a combination of, like, academic money that they find and having families that can afford to send your kid out of state or, or to, you know, a four-year college.
2: Yeah, so with all of that in mind, Brian, you know, and all the the panicked takes or the unreasonable optimism after, after they win six and then lose three to ASU, yada yada yada, you know, you've gotten to watch this team more than the average person, you know, and they're not a finished product. Most teams aren't until they get close to pre or the postseason. Uh, I guess from where you're sitting, what do you want to see uh, in the upcoming games to make you feel better about the direction of the program before the postseason starts, if they even make it?
0: Um, Well, the pitching overall has been better than last year, though the last handful of games hasn't shown that. I, I think they're they're starting to fall victim to the fact that their their starting pitchers are not going deep, um, which they didn't I guess need though because they have a much deeper bullpen. But uh, it's starting like some of them have started to struggle, and you know, you need you need to see that balance there. So I wanna see the pitching show a little bit more consistency on there. And there's just a matter of like Arizona um in those six losses in a row at UCLA and ASU, the first four of them were were real weird in that they led early and then they fell behind and did almost nothing. And then in the ninth inning they had the, the tying or go ahead run at the plate. So like they had chances in the games. They just they couldn't come through in the big hit, they or make the big pitch. So it's just a matter. I think I want to see them better realize the situations and um, know when you know this is when you really need to come through with that with that pitch or or get put the ball in play and make something happen. And that that just hasn't happened on a consistent level lately. But it did earlier, so it shows. I mean, that winning nine in a row shows that they can build some sort of momentum and having their next seven games at home um is is a great chance for them to get back on track
1: and as long as they don't give up on the season give up on chip or something like that right like the talent is there and if they stay with it like some of those things like those late hits those clutch hits they turn around right it's kind of i don't want to say it's hit or miss but it's some luck of the draw roll the dice sometimes you'll come through sometimes you won't you just keep the same approach you know it'll happen at times is that you haven't got any sense that this team is down on chip or anything like that.
0: No, no, there's, I mean, we, we get to see a lot of the analytics. Um, and I mean, there's guys that will barrel a ball 110 miles an hour off the bat and it's right at somebody or, um, like last night, I think, uh, or Tuesday night, Grand Canyon scored two runs on a ball that was hit off the end of the bat that just blooped and landed in, in like a triangle between first, second base and right field. It's, it's how baseball works. Um, one of the guys the other day said, it's not like in basketball where you make a great shot and it goes in, you can really put great contact, but there just happens to be somebody there Mm. and it doesn't work in your way. So it can, it can, those things have to kind of be factored in, but I mean, there's plenty of talent on the team and they've got a lot of veterans. So it should turn around. Um, the, the, the one that it's not like, I think other sports where, If it starts to go bad, they just start thinking about their pro career kind of stuff because this is their audition for their pro career. It's not um, if this is their last season and they're draft eligible. It's not like they have like showcases to go to after the season or all star games for football or um, a combine for for basketball. It's what they do at this time. That's going to warrant where they're drafting. So they're still going to put in their effort no matter what.
1: Fair enough. So let's I think we're good with baseball then, obviously. Chip Hale's team. Like I think people want Chip to succeed. They may question if he can, but I think Brett and I both understand that if they don't, it's not gonna be for a lack of effort. Right with Chip Hale. Now it's kind of similar football, Jed Fish, you know that guy's working his ass off, doing everything he can to build him a winner. We don't need to go too deep because it's it's spring camp right now. They're a couple of weeks into practices and I don't know if you can really gain too much watching the offense going against the demons and what they allow you to see. But is there anybody that's kind of stood out to you over the first couple of weeks of football camp so far for a team that I think is going into this season with greater expectations?
0: Well, on the offensive side, it's pretty much a lot of the same guys from last year um, with the exception of that there's an opening uh, as, uh, excuse me, as Jed Fish said, we have a starting position vacated (laughs) at wide receiver um, in, in allusion to uh, Dorian Singer going to USC. And that stands to be Kevin Green Jr. right now, who played a little bit last year as a freshman. D is in line to be the slot receiver, whereas Jacob Cowing would move outside and take Dorian Singer's position. Um, not what you would normally expect from someone of Cowing's size, but it's what he did at UTEP before coming to Arizona, and he put up like over 1,300 yards in 2021. So they've got that as, as one of the changes. They brought back all four of the running backs who carried the ball last year, and that included guys who didn't ha- weren't here last spring in, like, Speedy Luke and DJ Williams. So they all should be better, and if they can use all four of them effectively, it keeps them all fresh, and then you can go to, like, that one guy down the stretch, uh, which would probably be Michael Wiley since he has shown the, the most reliability. Um, there are some openings. On the offensive line, there's at least one, which would be the starting right tackle. So they're going through a bunch of different guys. Uh, Joe Bourgeon is probably in the lead right now for that spot. Uh, Whereas left tackle will be Jordan Morgan, assuming that he can uh, rehab successfully from his knee surgery. So in the meantime, they're cycling a bunch of guys at that spot. So that can't really gauge too much until we get into the summer, because then they're also bringing in a couple offensive linemen that they signed. That won't get here till then defense on the other hand it's i i don't know if you can really say who's going to be at what spot yet because johnny Manson is is trying out a bunch of guys at every single spot they brought in so many dudes on the defensive line at linebacker added some uh a uh, junior college transfer at cornerback that were um that has looked really good charles yates who right now would probably be the starter well. one corner alongside a vision that's that's how much how good he's looked, but again, it's not like a guarantee because they've got some more DBs coming in in the summer. Um, linebacker Justin Flo has looked solid so far. Daniel Heimley, um, that they got from Washington um, has been really, really emotional and, and just kind of like an on-field leader and doing and a lot there. The defensive line, they added Bill Norton. They added Tyler Manoa. They added or Patu on the edge to, to go with Tai Tai. Uyongalele. I had to take a little bit there. I'm just going to bring and, you uh, in. Like
1: I'm going to have you record <laughs> the names for me, and I'll just dub them in whenever <laughs> we have to pronounce someone because I can never do this as good as you do. Like, I'm awful at yeah,
0: it. Well, see, and normally I don't worry about it because I don't ever have to say it. I just have, <laughs> you to, have spell to spell, spell it. Right. it. <laughs> yes. So, but that, I've gotten that down, and I've got a couple cut and pastes saved and whatnot, but um, I think the defense is going to be vastly improved. But that also doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be holding teams to like 18 points a game. It's college football. The Pac-12 brings back a ton of great players on offense. So many good quarterbacks. If Arizona can, the game I look at to really show where Arizona can be good enough on defense to win games is the UCLA game. They held that very very good UCLA offense to 28 points, which shouldn't you know think oh that's not really good, but It was when you consider that they were giving up 49 and 50 and stuff Mm -hmm. like that to other teams that weren't as good on offense. So I I look at that as a real blueprint for if they can, if their offense can continue to do as well as it did last year and maybe get even a little better when it comes to not turning the ball over and uh, being more effective scoring touchdowns in the red zone, then giving up 20 something to the right below 30, perfectly fine. I I think that fans will be okay winning 34 to 28 games rather than losing 19 to 7 games. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I th- I think I speak for most Arizona fans that a massive improvement to Approaching average on defense would be a welcome sight, um, but one one other question for you for you Brian is you know there's a lot of newcomers that are also coming in the fall. And there's going to be a lot of roster changeover as the portal opens after spring practice. It tends to be a time when the roster turnover and churn happens, not just in Arizona but across the country. Right. What's what's your over under on uh, uh, departures post spring for the for the Arizona football team?
0: Um, I would say around four if maybe five. That's not bad. Um, I mean, Jaden Young is not on the online roster anymore. So I'm guessing that means he's gone. That puts my number at like 81 or 82 scholarships that they have right now, uh, scholarship players. So barring them adding, uh, like putting a walk on on scholarship, which could be the case with a few guys, they're going to have a few available, but I think they would probably also lose one or two guys. Um, Maybe one of the offensive linemen that, that, that has not seen any action in these first few years. Um, Cause it could be a case where these guys, they, they gave it one more shot, go through spring, see where they are, but they also now have uh, finished that semester that maybe they're graduating and you have that portal window that opens up May 1st to May 15th. In addition to guys who have already graduated can enter at any, any point. So yeah, I could see a, a couple guys going in there. Uh, not anybody that you would think is going to be like a big contributor. It more might be the guys where hmm, I'm surprised they're still here. Though <laughs> um, so one of the guys that I put would put in that category, um, Dalton Johnson, who was uh, a guy who signed with Arizona like 10 days after Sumlin was fired in 2020. Um, he didn't do. He didn't play the first year in 21, and started to play a little bit last year. Now he's, he's right there in the mix at one of the safety positions. So he's just kind of stuck with it and worked. And, and I thought he was somebody that might've been like, like most of the, the, the last Sumlin guys were like, well, it's clear that we're not part of the future plans, but you know, he's, he's made the most of it. And he could be a guy that, that has a big contribution, contribution this year. So uh, a, a potential positive development from the end of the summer, Sumlin era.
1: Wow. That would make for, like, one from the someone era. <laughs> that, would be, that would be great, well, Brian. I think, I think that uh, should do well, it. I mean,
0: he did recruit Mike Wiley. That's true. And, That's true. There, yeah, there have been a couple guys, but, yes, by, by and large, the, the recruiting was, was really bad, and most of those guys didn't stick around for very long. I mean, even while he was here. There were guys from, like, the, the 19 and 20 class that were gone within that first year or so. Where it, I mean, it was pretty evident that they just they missed badly on these guys and just needed to to cut weight. But I, I think the roster's in decent shape, and and when you combine that with the schedule and all that, the the opportunity to get to six wins could be there. So we'll you see. heard it.
2: You
1: heard it here first. Arizona's winning at least six games from Brian Peterson of AZ Desert Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, we, we appreciate the time. Of course, you can find Brian on Twitter at RealBJP. Um, a lot of good stuff there. And AZ Desert Swarm, the website. I know that's a shameless plug because I also write for AZ Desert Swarm. I'm going to get you a piece soon, Brian. <laughs> Don't worry. You know, it's going to happen. I'll have something for you in the near future. But is there anything that you got kind of in, the, in the pipeline that you're excited to put out or that you're waiting for? You know, that's going to be coming in the next couple of days that you want people to be ready for?
0: Uh, no, not really. It's mostly right now it's news. Um, just waiting for additional players that will leave or, or that they might add for basketball. Um, you know, uh, there's a scrimmage for football on Saturday night. So, um, we'll talk with Chad after that and could get some decent insight on where things stand. Um, then a 60% of the way through practice. Um, and then I'll just have my baseball coverage from this weekend against Oregon. So keep close eye
1: there you go az desert Swarm is the website brian peterson is a guest appreciate your time today and certainly with football and more baseball we'll catch up with you again down the road sounds good all right that's brian peterson and we come back let's talk some news and notes because that's a that's a lot going on with some of the spring sports we're back and thanks again to brian peterson from az desert swarm because brad there's a we get a lot of really good guests on the show. That's one thing I love about doing this because talking to you, it gets it's, it's boring, you know, it's monotonous, yeah. but talking to someone else who actually knows things, like that, that's great. And Brian <laughs> Brian is one of those guys who, by way of his role as the editor in chief of Izzy Desert Swarm, he's out at pretty much everything. He has his hands in pretty much every Arizona athletics thing that's going on. And yeah, he's got some good insight there.
2: Yeah, no, it's 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 a really he's a fun person to talk to, and he's a fun Twitter follow also because he's not in, afraid to uh, uh, engage the fan base with their hot takes uh, and and steer them to what he thinks is the the more reasonable take, uh, which I always appreciate. But yeah, no, I I, I really appreciate Brian's insight on 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 you know, the hoops talk, the, the baseball program. I'm really curious to see what happens in the next couple weeks there. And then obviously I think we're all excited about spring football and uh, you know, the spring games, what a couple weeks away. Uh, and yeah. Get, uh, get to see it. Get to see it. Like... Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll put it that way. It's
1: going to be a very merry Gronk spring game. I know we can get in some news and notes here, like starting with there, if we want Rob and Chris Gronkowski, they're going to be the captains for each team like the coaches for each team.
2: Why not? Is it inappropriate to say lock up your daughters? <laughs> yes, <laughs> hide, it's very hide, inappropriate. Hide, hide, hide your wives, hide your daughters. <laughs> the Gronks are coming to town. <laughs> of course, people kind
1: of forget that Chris Gronkowski played at Arizona too as a fullback, but you know, why not? Like it's, it's great that, I mean, I think Gronk was there last year too and certainly he was there the year before. And to have someone like that, especially now he's retired again, but he's such a personality, such a known nationally known brand where to have him coming back and being a part of the program, even just to have fun at the spring game, just raises the profile just a little bit, which is what Arizona needs, right? Until they start winning games at a consistent level, you need to make your program fun. And what epitomizes what says fun more than the Gronkowski name at this point. Yeah. So, you know, for our listeners, Yo Soy Fiesta, right? I was
2: going to say, uh, if you're, if you're, Planning to have a party the weekend of the spring game, buy your uh, cases of beer now because once the Gronks arrive, you will not be able to find <laughs> it on the shelves of the stores. <laughs> but that's
1: the spring game. That's going to be a couple of weeks. Of course, there is, like, like as Brian mentioned, there's a scrimmage coming up this weekend. to kind of get that first look at it, maybe kind of like a, I don't want to say live game setting because it's a scrimmage, but a different than just regular practice that people are seeing. So we'll see what comes from that. Obviously, the most important thing is health. You don't want to see anyone get hurt this time of year. But you know, from talking like the defense has, the offense doesn't have a lot of spots to fill skill-wise. One spot at receiver and a couple of linemen that they're going to have to figure out. Defense hopefully looks altogether different. They've added a lot of talent and there's a lot of players who played a little bit last season or didn't play much at all, but are going to be expected to take bigger roles this year. And hopefully that leads to improvement there. Um, Yeah, baseball. Arizona did beat Grand Canyon earlier this week, so that's cool. You know, it took them 10 innings to do it and they had to rally to do it, but wins are wins there. And of course, that could get better. But other news and notes, Brett. Um Azus won win award all American, not bad. Like he had a great season. And I think it's easy to forget about that. Like he had a really, really good season. If you look at the numbers, like Derek Williams like, you know, for yeah. what for Arizona. And Derek Williams, of course, wanted to be the number two pick in the draft. Tubellas hasn't declared for the draft or anything. If he does, he's not going to be a first round pick, most likely, certainly not number two overall.
2: But he was really, really good. That's that's some really thoughtful analysis, Adam. that's that's what i'm saying here you know it (laughs) it was really really good i agree also wins i believe for the baseball you said uh uh, wins are wins are wins uh for the baseball teams and i agree with that analysis as well it's it's an appropriate take (laughs) what else should we talk about the floor is yours (laughs) (laughs) you know i got nothing it's been it's been a okay We're, we're, I think, oh, it's about time to hit that old dusty trail, Adam.
1: Right. Of course, men's basketball. The game against Alabama was announced. They're going to play Alabama in December. That's going to be up in Phoenix. So that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: well we can have a, a a a watch party where we just go to the game. We go our, and watch the our, game. Yeah, yeah. We go watch the game with our our our, our listeners. Some X
1: and Arizona Wildcats. Kobe Simmons, two way contract with the Hornets. Gabe York, two way contract with the Pacers. Cool to see. Wildcats get their chance. I, mean, I thought Kobe Simmons was going to be good too. That guy had every like skill you need. He had the size, but you know we'll see. Gets a little bit older now. See if they get their chance to the, late in the NBA season here to make their mark and maybe get into a camp roster next year and make one of these teams. I know York's had some success in the NBA. Hopefully, you know I like Kobe Simmons too.
2: Yeah, I think I think Gabe York has a. Uh grown beyond his gearing up to try to make a posterized dunk in which he falls six inch short, regardless of the defender. Um, <laughs> so I think that's a good career move because that's all I can think of. <laughs> when I think of him now. That's,
1: that's <laughs> harsh. That Didn't he have he that game his, was against Stanford, so but wasn't there a game against Stanford Arizona it was down by like eight or nine with like a minute left and he made he like went four went threes yeah. and they was, won that game. Like, that's the other thing wow.
2: I think of when I think of Gabe York. There you go. And I think so he was
1: something. also part of that uh, documentary, maybe that uh, one that didn't yeah. look, make Arizona look too good.
2: It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally fine. But anyway, good luck to Gabe York and Kobe Simmons as they're back in the NBA. Uh, but yeah, um, the Dusty Trail, let's hit it. You know, we appreciate Brian Peterson for joining us this week and sharing his insight on basketball, baseball, and football. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ, is the handle. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to us on both, but if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review because we read the review on the air. Good or bad,
2: you know, we'll read it. I I mean, based on the last 90 seconds, it'll probably be bad, but you know. The review?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you made it this far, you know who we are. Come on. (laughs) True. (laughs) In other words, we appreciate you all listening. Again, thanks to Brian Peterson. We'll talk, whatever happens next, you know, over the next week, we'll talk about But until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.